Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Price Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. Whether you watch your favorite sports and players, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New game day shirt. Boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate. Boom, cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W. But you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction, eligibility, and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member. FDIC. You're listening to the Men in Blazers Media Network, Suboptimal Radio. This is Rog on a dark and complex day for all who love the game of football in the United States this afternoon. U.S. Soccer released the independent report into the sport's most seismic family feud, that salacious, tabloidy, frankly quite awful rift between the Burhalters and the Rainers. That report was delivered. It's hard to read. A deep dive. On one level, a deep dive into a friendship forged in youth. Friendship forged itself in football. Turned truly dark, vindictive, warped in middle-aged, a rift that spewed itself out into the public eye after the World Cup as Arena spread allegations of domestic abuse against men's national team coach Greg Berhalter at a time when Berhalter had just gone on to commit what, from a coaching perspective, the cardinal sin of spilling locker room secrets at a leadership conference and it happened to be about the Reina's son Gio. All of that came to a head this afternoon in this independent investigation released by the law firm of Alston and Bird. Took them three months, a deep dive into all these interconnected incidents. And I'm not going to lie, the report, the report's hard to read for so many reasons. Mostly because we come to football for joy, for transcendence. We, we come to football to get away from the darkness of our reality and this report depicts in detail the original fight the abuse between the Burhalters, Greg then 18 in college and his then girlfriend Rosalind who has now become his wife and it also goes deep on the interference of the Rainers the report says yes they didn't commit blackmail they didn't commit extortion but my lord when you read this and I will include many of the quotes from the report they were overreaching in the worst kind of human ways, as I will describe. But the big headline, from a footballing perspective at least, is this. It comes from the statement, given the investigator's conclusion that there is no legal impediment to employing him, Berhalter remains a candidate to serve as head coach of the US men's national team. And whether that will occur, let's discuss. But first, the report. It depicts, well, Geo at the World Cup, 
quote, walking around and moping during the scrimmage and training until Greg Berhalter had to have conversations at the highest levels within US soccer over whether to send him home. And you read this report, I read it, with, with the hope at the core of understanding yeah, what set all of this off? What was the, the chicken and the egg? When did this Berhalter Rainer friendship turn to darkness? I mean, these people have been best bloody friends from their youth in Jersey. The boys, best friends, you know, best men. They married best friends, roommates, two college players at UNT themselves. When did all of that fall apart for this? These friendships, as I said, forged in, in the love of the game. You know, did it start when Greg started to hold Gio at arm's length? Did it start when the Rainers reacted to that? Who was countering whom here? Who who started it? Well, well, the report located the roots in that time, really, that Gio began to emerge as an elite talent within US soccer's youth system. This is long before Greg Berhalter. The investigation found, quote, Mr. Rayner began making complaints to Ernie Stewart. You know, there's, there's depictions about November 2019 during the FIFA Under-17 World Cup. And it's hard to read this. I'm going to be candid what I'm about to read you because we revere the Rayner name. We revere his footballing exploits. But man, you read this report and it just, it paints him and his wife, Danielle, as really helicopter parents meet tiger dad and mum, meets narcissistic, privileged, overindulged, just waking horror shows. And I want to make one thing clear before I delve into some of this. Really, the biggest and most damning takeaway here is, quote, investigators said, we were impressed with Mr. Burholter's candor and demeanor during the investigation. We were less impressed with the Rainer's cooperation during the investigation. And, well, Claudio Rainer was unwilling to participate in the investigation. Daniel Rainer had, according to the report, two brief phone calls. And the report then goes into serious detail about investigators' attempts to interview Claudia. You know, they had no legal obligation to be interviewed, but to clear your name, to make your case, to state what you believe, well, Claudio dodged and ducked and his lawyers put up screens and ultimately did not speak. He, look, he may have had his reasons. He has the right not to be interviewed, but the fact that he did not, did not make his case, make his truth heard, is going to tell many readers all they need to know about where that truth lies in this one. Claudio may have gone silent, but this report takes a hero, and Claudio Arena was a bona fide American football old-school hero, a pioneer. If you saw him play, it was just exquisite. But here, the report makes him actually you know Claudio makes himself in his quote seem petty out of control at times just plain awful take this one in an email 2018 Claudio complaining about a female referee in a match Gio played in this is an email to US soccer and in all honest can we get real and have male refs for a game like this it's embarrassing guys what are we trying to prove a game like this deserves better attention. From Greg Berhalter on the Rainers, when things don't go great for Geo, the Rainers pivot and go into attack mode. Again, Greg Berhalter quote on the Rainers, 
There were 150 people in the Friends and Family Programme. He's referring to US Soccer's Friends and Family Programme. At this year's World Cup, all were having a great time, except for five people who were absolutely miserable. Those five were cursing, acting horribly. It was the rainers. And you have to believe Greg's depictions alone. Well, Claudio Reina texted this to Brian McDride after the US draw against Wales in the World Cup. Our entire family is disgusted, angry and done with you guys. Don't expect nice comments from anyone in our family about US soccer. I'm being transparent to you, not like the political clown show at the Federation. And yes, Brian McBride was Reina's friend, was Reina's teammate, but he was also general manager of the team. And this text makes it clear that the idea that Reina was just merely sounding off to friends you read this report. No, Claudio was attacking Brian McBride in this case and the institution he worked for. Another one. Claudio Reina texted this to Ernie Stewart after the draw against Wales when Gio Reina didn't play. What a complete and utter fucking joke. Our family is disgusted, in case you were wondering. Disgusted at how a coach is allowed to never be challenged and do whatever he wants. And you read that and... So many reactions. Isn't this what a coach does? That they are chosen to make decisions. Hard decisions. You might not like those decisions. Those can be wrong decisions. I mean, if anyone knows this, why am I even saying this? Isn't it Claudio, who played on team after team after team? Was Bora Milutinovic challenged in 1994? Was Bruce Arena challenged at World Cup 2002? It gets worse. It gets darker. Claudio, to US Men's National Team General Manager Brian McBride. You guys don't even know what we know about Greg. Danielle, to an unnamed US soccer employee. Once this tournament is over, I can make one phone call and give one interview and his cool sneakers and bounce passes will be gone. Price Picks is the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states across the country, including so many of my favorites, California, Texas, and Georgia. Godspeed, Georgia. I'm hungry for a dozen lemon pepper wet. But back to Price Picks. We've been hearing from so many WGFOPs who are loving Double P, Pablo Picasso, Price Picks, which allows them to win up to 25 times their money for the soccer season, is a reason I do appreciate Price Picks because it's simple. During the Premier League match days, I've got roughly 239 tabs on my computer open as we attempt to work out our social media, the pod rundown, the upcoming interview, you get the drift. But because Price Picks is easy to play, I'm not having to constantly click to see how my gents are doing or how many certain actions are worth. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. That is how easy it can be. You also mix and match players from several leagues across the globe. Luca De La Torre, I'm looking at you, as well as other sports like basketball oh, and hockey. Oh, the Capitals. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. It's promo code MIB. Prize picks. Pick more or pick less. It's that easy. It's Rog here to tell you about a product that I simply adore. It's been a long time staple in the Bennett refrigerator, Stoke 
cold brew coffee. Always bold, always smooth. Yes, that is the very same Stoke as in the mighty Wrexham Fortress, known as the Stoke Kairas or the Stoke Racecourse, Wrexham AFC's home. They support it. They support football, which is just one great reason to love this coffee. It is my go-to enjoy during the football calendar, essentially the opposite of Everton. And you can check out their full lineup of 48 ounce cold brew products, something for everybody from light to dark roast to seasonal favourites in a refrigerated multi serve format. I tell you this, as someone whose blood type is now officially Stoke Espresso Blend, have the coffee house experience in the comfort of your own home and do it now. Stoke Cold Brew Coffee and be sure to follow Wrexham AFC. Big love to all at Stoke. Courage. From Greg's POV. Yes, yes, he may still be a candidate for the job, as I said up top. The the actual quote was, given the investigator's conclusion, there is no legal impediment to employing him. Burhalter remains a candidate to serve as head coach of the US men's national team. But this report, this report goes into, goes into detail about the attack from Greg Burhalter, teen Greg Burhalter, 18-year-old Greg Burhalter, yes, on his then-girlfriend, now wife Rosalind. And I'm going to be clear, it was not easy to read this at all. Freshman year at UNC, late at night at a club, very, very drunk. The now Mrs. Burhalter, then Greg's girlfriend, Rosalind Santana. And I've got to say, I can't imagine what this must have been like for her to have to relive in this detail to investigators. That, I think, is, is just the hardest to read moment of the entire report. Greg also goes through it um, genuinely detail by detail. But Rosalind Santana, now Mrs. Burhalter, she talks about how she slapped Greg. And in response, and I quote, Mr. Burhalter pushed Mrs. Burhalter to the ground and kicked her twice in the upper leg area. At that point, a bystander, unknown to the Burhalters, tackled him. Mrs. Burhalter got up and left. The report goes into great detail. It's honestly so hard, never mind to, to just read, but to repeat. Greg sought counselling, worked in a, quote, women's teenage correctional facility in, in Durham. But tactically, technically, this is an important piece. Because no police report was filed, Greg Burhalter was under no legal requirement to report the incident during his process of being hired by U.S. Soccer. In fact, U.S. Soccer only found out all about it when Daniel Rayner, who, it should be said, did not witness the incident in her own words, but she described it to Ernie Stewart on December 11th as, quote, Greg beat the living shit out of her in a back alleyway. And Stewart, Stewart for his part, immediately reported this to U.S. Soccer Council. And that's how we get to where we are. The report added that Mrs. Rayner also confirmed that she knew of no other fights or acts of alleged abuse by Mr. Burhalter over the 30-year course of their friendship. The report says, given that the 1992 incident occurred approximately 31 years ago, given the lack of information or any evidence contradicting witness accounts or suggesting any similar conduct after that 1992 incident, there's no basis to conclude that employing Mr. Burhalter would create legal risks for an organisation. And humanly, to drop this bomb on US soccer by the Raiders, to tell a story that is clearly Rosalind Berhalter's and Rosalind Berhalter's only to tell, to keep private or to make public. This is her story. 
And to ignore that, to just fling it back into the public eye, it is, it is so violating. It is so terrible. Just awful. Vindictive. Destructive. From a human perspective. But these are both footballers. Both Danielle Rayner and Claudio Rayner. They were in football team after football team. Football squad after football squad. Few people would know better in this country about how teams, how squads work and the pressure points upon them and how to ultimately poison the entire well. This stuff with the Rainers, it's uh, on one level, it's just extreme helicopter parenting in the cringiest and most outrageous degree. It's the worst kind of stuff. You see it sometimes. If any of you are parents, you see it all the time at the peewee sports level. But to see this blown up, on the national stage, that there was a school of thought. You know, when all of this originally went down, there was a possibility that they said what they said out of pain. Emotional. It was an emotional reaction. Greg had said something terrible, had done something terrible to Geo, and they were just reacting. You know, they were making a point that our son is so young. He's 18, 19. This is what you were like when you were 18. But you read the support. That is not the case. That is not the case. This was something longer. This was something more irrational. This was something just a deeply embedded behavior. It was so off kilter. Something, frankly, something, frankly, should have been shut down. Should never have been indulged by their friends around them who then went to work for U.S. soccer. Shouldn't have been indulged by U.S. soccer. And once it was, it grew and grew, became monstrous out of control and destroy pretty much everything and everyone in its path. And so the Rainer's reputational damage, Claudio and his wife, Danielle, they will now have to live with this. That's its legacy. And that, that is some reckoning. At the same time, I want to be clear, Geo Rainer, Geo Rainer, I believe, will be fine. The report focuses on his parents. Joe's mentioned only in terms of his attitude at the World Cup in the camp, his Instagram post after Greg. I'm looking for another word other than stupidly, and I can't find it, spoke at that leadership conference. Otherwise, to be clear, in this report, Geo is not shown to be involved at all. It's really bloody important to recognise this. And Reno should be called up for the US men's national team next games, coming up against Grenada and El Salvador in the CONCACAF Nations League at the end of this month, should be called up. Please God, will be called up. I've said this before about footballers. Footballers are elite competitors. And at the end of the day, they want to win. The person who taught me this was Eric Winalda, talking about John Hawks, who had an affair with his wife before a World Cup. And Eric Winalda explained this in great detail. I found this hard to believe, but he said, when you step over the lines, you want the best players to play alongside you. John Hawks was one of those best players. I don't have to like him, but we just have to win. And elite footballers are elite competitors. And Gio is one of the most talented footballers of his generation. He remains that. Scored three times since the World Cup at Dortmund. An American men's team, they recognise that. They will want to go. They will want to challenge all comers. And I want to do it with Gio Reyna. They will want to do that with him than without him every day of the week. So that leaves Greg. What now? What now for Greg Berhalter? Greg, as I've said, is apparently still a candidate 
for the US men's national team job. But just because he can be rehired doesn't mean that he should be. In fact, we've heard from so many legal experts um, who've written to us lengthy uh, insights in the Men in Blazers mailbag that US soccer have to keep saying, have to keep making clear that he is still a candidate for legal reasons so that he does not have the right to sue. At the same time, Greg's contract has run out. So to bring him back would have to be to rehire him. And by the way, the governing body said it will not hire a coach until it appoints a new sporting director to oversee all national teams. Remember, Ernie Stewart left his job last month. So we are not going to see a new coach hired, apparently, according to Cindy Cohn, until the summer at the earliest. So whoever replaces Stewart has got to look at this from both a footballing perspective and a human one. From a footballing perspective, the World Cup, I'd say was okay, bare minimum, that round of 16 exit. Tellingly, you have not heard from a lot of the key players, a lot of the young key players vocally demanding that Greg be rehired. But most importantly, I'd be fascinated to hear more about this. The optics now, if you're a US women's player and you've just lived out the awful years detailed in another US soccer investigation, the Yates report that came out at the end of last year, detailing in truly, truly traumatic ways how the old regime of US soccer covered and even ran interference at times for the most awful, widespread coaching abuse. Can you sit there and stay silent if the US men's national team coach is rehired after beating his girlfriend, now wife? There's another element. Can you practically, as a men's player, respect a manager who has aired his dirty laundry in a leadership conference? It's a massive no-no. You combine all of these and you've got to ask, why would US soccer take a gent who is mired in this moment of youthful abuse, of mixed football leadership, and then this tabloid darkness? And with a World Cup coming here, and a new regime in place at the head of US soccer, Cindy Cohn, the new president, and that desire to show a clean slate, a new reality, a new era. Why would you decide, you know what, we're willingly going to delve back into this darkness? Honestly, this is a report in which there are no winners. Everyone in it, everyone in it ultimately has to recognise none of them are bigger than US soccer. That in this moment, what's coming in 2026 with the World Cup, this opportunity, this moment, that, that's the most important. And it cannot, it should not, for the fans, for the players, for so many who've come before us, who've given so much to grow the game we love in the nation we love. This is its moment. And this moment... We can't risk that it can be mired in the mudslinging, in the human darkness, in the ill decisions, in this circus, in this daytime soap opera of awfulness. If anything, it's the opportunity to do the opposite, to reinforce the message that there is a new regime here, that Cindy Cohn, her presidency, that they can move away from, they can create a new path, drag themselves away from all things old boy network, 
announce themselves as an operation that seizes the moment, that can chart a fresh course, that can make us proud. Ultimately, in this one, from a human perspective, I keep thinking about the life lesson given by Marcus Aurelius, the Roman philosopher. The best revenge is to be unlike him who performed the injury. And instead, this is where we are. There will be more to come. It's a better days ahead for all. Courage. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Yo, Trey. Yeah, Kevin, what's up, man? I was just thinking, what would have happened if Drew Brees didn't fail his physical with the Dolphins and ended up playing under Nick Saban in Miami? There's a good shot the Finns establish a dynasty. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably don't become goats, and Tuscaloosa doesn't become the center of the college football universe. That's a butterfly effect for real. Hey, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.